<laughs> it's, it's, it's especially funny because Yorin is, is a deep yellow colour. And his face is a sort of orangey colour. So naturally, naturally, it must be the cause. <laughs> Allegedly. Welcome, everyone, to Big Damn Cast, oh, episode 13. Three zero. Big 3-0, Christopher. We're ovulating Christopher. less and less. Oh, we, no. uh, we are, but fitness-wise, we're in the peak. We're at the prime of our lives. We're the prime. We're aging yeah. like a fine wine. A fine, filthy wine. I'm so, bi- open me up and drink me. I will mull you. I will, oh, I'll dear, mull no. you over. I'm Big no. Damn Chris. I'm Big Dumb Matt. And this week we're talking about some Lemony Snicket series of unfortunate events. Spoiler mm. free, don't worry. Just I've not seen not, it yet. So. In case you've not dipped a toe in it just I've yet. I've not dipped anything in it. Oh, or otherwise. Madam. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the uh, adventures of uh, Violet, Klaus and Uncanny Valley Baudelaire. Uh, we've also got a bit of a chat about Assassin's Creed. Can video game movies actually be any good? No. Have the there been this Before we even get to that, uh, no. Uh, we're also going to flip open the Nintendo Switch. We're going to talk about it so casually, we'll be laid back, holding it in each hand. I've got some things to say about it. I've got some things to hear about it. Yeah. So... Uh, and also, as usual, your emails and all that good shit. All of it. Put it in your ears. And your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth. That'd be weird. Well, don't put it in your mouth. Unless you are... Sonny Baudelaire. Hey! Segways. Ladies and gentlemen, Let Me Snick It series of Unfortunate Events has dropped on Netflix, and as if you recall from previous episodes, I was excited. You were excited? And then I wasn't excited. Why were you excited? Eh? Because I was like, oh, this looks like it's leaning a bit towards the film's goofy, wacky world, rather than the sort of the wonderfully dry, humorous, kind of sinister books, which I grew up on and absolutely adore and still oh. reread to this day. I got a sense of dry humour from the trailers. Certainly. I am happy to report that, yes, the show does it justice. Is it dry like the desert? It, it's, yes, but it does, it feels like a hybrid of the two sources. Um, Barry Sonnenfeld, who, who worked on the film, is the executive producer of the show. He also did things like Men in Black and The Tick, yeah. the, the recent Tick pilot, uh, other bits and pieces. What Indeed you do. So it's got Wild Wild West, he did Wild Wild West. Oh. So, you know, he really knows his stuff. Ebonia, oh! why are you so cruel to me? Um... <laughs> Touch my breast. Um, it's a terrible movie, um, but very quotable. Um, now touch my breast. Red. <laughs> the word meaning passion. Neck. <laughs> Neck. Um, Uta. Where is this Uta anyway? <laughs> um, oh God, that movie. Series of unfortunate events fits comfortably between the film and the books. I think is the best way to describe it. It's got talent from behind the movie working on it. But the teleplay, the, all, the, all the episodes are written by, teleplay. and the series is overseen by Daniel Handler. Spoiler alert, folks. Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Um, he he has written it. He has clearly taken a subplot from his draft of the film that was film exclusive with the spyglass, and has turned it into the um, sort of the running conspiracy in this show. Mm. Uh, it doesn't adapt the book straight up in that it isn't just a translation from book to page, it adapts the books and adds a thread that runs through it that in the books is a bit more involved later in the books. Like by sort of like book seven, you Mm -hmm. begin to learn of this organisation and their involvement and the parents' history with it. Remind me how many books there are in total again. Thirteen. Thirteen. Just like every book has thirteen chapters. Except for books thirteen, which has a fourteenth chapter. Um, which is really 30 back years old and recently it's um 
Uh, Matt Berry does Father's Day. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's kind of brilliant because they've realised that this is a show, and as such, you need a reason to stick with it. Do you think they only just realised it like after they started production? Like, no, they, they oh, just no, came, no. It, they came onto set and just someone just went. This is a fucking show. <laughs> this is a show, guys. We've got a show. We've got what a show. Thing. I thought we were making a film. This is a show. But it it works and it it it's it runs alongside the show. Um, highlighted mostly by Lemony's interlinking narration bits, played by Patrick Warburton. Yeah, but played to perfection by Patrick Warburton. But at the same time, it then crosses into the main plot a few times. Um, because unlike the books, this show isn't from the point of view of the Baudelaire's. Uh, as told by Lemony Snicket, it's from the point of view of whoever Lemony Snicket needs to make it the point of view of to tell you the story. Okay. So they keep things from you. There is one particular plot thread involving characters played by Will Arnett and Kobe Smulders, which seemingly comes out of nowhere, and then you get a snippet of it in every episode, and you begin to piece it together more as it goes on and go, how is this related to the main story? Oh, kind of brilliant. Um, the three kids are fine, I think is a way to put it. <laughs> They're fine. Yeah, Emily They're Browning fine. and Liam Aiken played the roles in the movie, and they did a pretty good job of playing Violet and Klaus. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dustin Hoffman's grandchildren, uh, two twins, played Sonny. In this show, the baby is great when it is the baby and not a motion capture um, CGI face put on the baby. Ooh. Yeah, we're talking not as bad as Breaking Dawn, but close. Ew. Also, Sonny is voiced by Tara Strong, which to someone who's watching this and doesn't know that might be fine. But to anyone who ever watched an episode of The Rugrats with Dill in it, is just waiting for Sonny to go, Boopy! It's kind of distracting. She does a good job, but it's like, that's Dill Pickle. Hmm. That's Tommy's little brother. What is going on? Um, the actors are fine. It's sort of like... I fear the directors didn't directors didn't challenge them enough. Didn't go, okay, that was good. Let's try another one. I want you to play up on this a bit more. Or faster and more intense. Yeah, I mean in the in the oh god, it's just, it's like poetry. Stanzas it rhymes. Um, the the fourth book is finally adapted into live action because the film adapts uh, sort of loosely and 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 um, haphazardly the first three books. Um, but the fourth book's finally adapted. The fourth book involves a subplot involving a sinister hypnotist and violent accidents in a lumber mill. And Klaus in particular is given a lot more to do in that one in terms of out of the zone of the character in the other stories. Yeah. Uh, and so is Violet to a degree. Like she, her worry sort of involved in the plot. Like she starts to panic for the first time in the books in that, in that book. Um, and they don't really portray that very well. No. The kids, like they're fine. Uh, they're not bad. They're just not bad. They're not Stranger Things level of child yeah. actor, though. Yeah. However, their garishly bright jumpers <clears throat> and dresses and stuff was a stylistic choice. I remember saying in the trailer, I was yeah, a bit worried about yeah. that. Because Violet Klaus in the Brett Hilkos illustrations and in the film as well always had kind of like the dark, you know, sort of Victorian muted colours thing. And they're very brightly dressed. And I was like, eh, I'm not sure about that. It works. Because the best thing about the show, hands down, is the visuals and the visual storytelling. It looks like a sort of, from what I've seen in the trailers and such, it looks like a sort of twisted 50s Americana yeah. feel. It's like if the Stepford Wives had a prom night dumpster baby with Adam's family. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, it's, and it flicks between the two whenever necessary. More so in the first book. 
and the second where there are still shreds of hope in yeah, their story yeah. before things really start to go tits up. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, eight episodes. Each each book is adapted in two episodes. Eight epistles. So you get, and this is something I I, I can't say this of many book adaptations. Every key scene in the books is in the show. That's Every good. key scene is there. Yeah, yeah. There are bits added, and there are some bits changed around order wise to suit the pacing of the TV show, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But it's there. Like we get every scene we get with Justice Strauss in the books in the first two episodes in the bad beginning. We get every Uncle Monty scene from the books, mm-hmm. and then some for the reptile room. Like, oh god, oh Alfred Woodard um, is Aunt Josephine. Uh, it's Alfred Woodard, isn't it? Oh, what's her name? Who's Black? Who's Mariah? Yes, Black Mariah. Um, She's. Yeah. She's great because she's not Meryl Streep's Aunt Josephine. Meryl Streep did a damn good job of playing the character in the book. They didn't want to do the same. No, no. So she's she's a bit more on the slightly rude and not realising it side as opposed to shrieky. And it works. Like, because the best best thing about the Snicket books is it is, aside from the narration and the fact that they're all amazing, and if you haven't read them, do it. But um, it's the fact that all the adults... Do it! Just do it! All the adults are morons. (laughs) Like all the adults are morons in yeah. the books, apart from Olaf, who is sinister and calculating. We'll get to him in a second, um, and that's portrayed really well in the show. Like Uncle Monty in the first few books is the only you know the, you've seen the film version, haven't you? So you're familiar with the I've seen bits. Uncle of Uncle Monty was Billy Connolly's character in the film. Version. I've never seen it all the way through. Um, so he's he's, he's quite he's quite knowing and heroic and and and, oh, okay. and, and, and lovely and eccentric and a scientist, a herpetologist, and all this. Um, and in the book, there is a moment where you suddenly realise that, oh, he doesn't actually realise what's going on. Like, he's, he's he's missed one crucial detail, and it proves to be his undoing. Um, that is in the show as well, and he's a great character, and you get you get one full episode with Monty before the sort of third act of The Reptile Room begins in part two. Um, the effects are pretty good, because in Wide Window, you've got a collapsing house, you've got carnivorous leeches... In the reptile room, you've got a series of like lizards and pythons and an alligator. <laughs> an alligator, I can't remember what it's called now, but basically its entire thing is its cry sounds like it's always miserable. So it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it sort of moans and it, it basically sounds like it's saying, woe is me. Oh. Um, which is really funny. Um, they even give a reference to some of the snakes that are mentioned in the narration in the book, including the Virginia wolf snake, who bludgeons its prey to death with a typewriter. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> It's great. The Bad Beginning does a wonderful job of making you go, oh, you've seen the film? Yeah, screw that. This is is the version you're going to have in your head now Mm. in terms of Olaf's house and his theatre troupe and everything. The actors who play uh, his theatre troupe are brilliant. They are really good. Uh, The Marvelous Marriage, which was made the finale of the movie, even though it's the finale of book one, is great at the end of the first story, at the end of episode (laughs) two. It's just painful acting from the theatre troupe, but it's just so funny. Lemony Snicket's literary um, uh, sort of voice is definitely in there because obviously he wrote it but his his qualms with modern day grammar fuck ups are so present <laughs> there is an entire running joke throughout the entire series about the mix the, the misuse of literally and figuratively um, there is a new character called Jacqueline who is not in the books unless she's going by a different name um, who okay. is a brilliant addition she's the one in the second trailer with the uh, the harpoon gun Okay. Um, she's a really nice addition uh, and is the one who sort of carries the subplot along. Okay. Uh, oh, God, it, mate, it's, it's amazing. It's really All right, good. I'll, give it, I'll give it a it's sniff. It's really good. Um, I'll give it a sniff. And, and the modern references don't, don't throw it off either. Mm. Um, because the books are 
they don't take place in a specific time. And they do mention uh, at one point the internet in one of the books, not directly like that, but they mention uh, the World Wide Web and, and a cell phone is used by a character in one book briefly. But the main sort of method of communication in the books has always been letters or, or walkie-talkie, things like that. Um, the show does a wonderful job, like the film did, of putting it out of time. Yeah. <clears throat> like it clearly isn't now. But it could be. Like, it, it visually, it looks like you're in... It, Adam's Family, again, is the best comparison. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, right down to... Oh, God, what's the actress's name? He played Debbie in Adam's Family Values. Oh, it's uh, John Cusack. She's Justice Strauss yeah, in the first yeah. two episodes, and she's great. I love John Cusack. Um, especially when she joins the play at the end, and she's always wanted to be an actress. And she's terrified. So what Olaf's doing these shit vocal warm-ups, like, rubber baby, baby, baby. <laughs> rubber baby, baby, baby. And she's just sat in the corner of the shop going... <laughs> she's, she's obviously trying to do it as well she's adorable in it she's so good um, but that brings me to sort of the two names I guess um, Patrick Warburton great mm-hmm. like Lemony Snicket to me the voice of Lemony Snicket in my head was always Tim Curry um, who guest starred in last week's Big Dumb Cast <laughs> because he oh he's, he's waiting in the waiting room <laughs> Because um, he voiced the audiobooks, apart from a couple of them, and he okay. was great. Like, he was brilliant. Olaf's voice in my head is Tim Curry's Olaf voice from the audiobooks. Mm. Um, I've, I, Mr. Poe is... is it, Mr. Poe's great in the show as well. But, like, Mr. Poe's voice in my head is his voice. Yeah. Which is basically Nigel Thornbury, but coughing a lot. It was great. Um, but, that you know, so, so to me, <laughs> Tim Curry sort of set the foundation. So, Lemony Snicket's voice was always Tim Curry's voice. When I heard the audiobook for the third, fourth, and fifth stories... Daniel Handler reads them as Lemony Snicket. So suddenly, it's an American. And I was really confused. But I got it. Because I was like, oh, so this is the voices the author hears when he was writing the characters. And they work well. They work, they're different. And they're very American. But they work great. Especially for book five. Wait till series two, everybody, when you meet the headmaster of uh, the uh, Oster Academy. Uh, <laughs> Prufock Preparatory School. Um, but, uh, yeah. So his voice is there. Jude Law was Lemony Snicket in the film. Yeah. So he was suddenly very British. yeah. And it worked. It worked for the tone of the film. Um, so when they cast Patrick Warburton, I was like, oh, that's going to be distracting. That's Kronk. I'm going to be really distracted. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a phrase with chair maids. Squickety squick. Uh, squicking. Um, I got that for you, man. I was just like, oh, God, no. But, no, he's brilliant. He's dry. He never goes above a certain pitch. Mm. He's, he always talks like this. He never goes above that at all. But it works brilliantly because he, he wields... Handler's words so well. Mm. Like, he just, oh, his pacing and everything is excellent. And the way they put him in scenes is nice too, because the character's not there, but he, they put him in the scenes. So, like, yeah. sometimes he's just foreground in a suit and a range camera. Sometimes he's like, they're going, they're going down a lousy lane at the start of the second story. Um, which, again, in the book, vivid descriptions of the horseradish smell and the factories that used to be there gets a, gets a brief bit of mention in the show. By his narration. So, like, they find ways to still give the feel of the book. Yeah. Without it being narrated all the time. And he's just, like, sat there on a crate, like, along the road, dressed in, like, sort of farmer's gear, just sat there, just talking to camera. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's just... But, but at no point does it look wacky. You just go, oh, there's Lemmy Snicket. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It fits really well. That sounds um, great. And Count Olaf. Right. So, NPH. Mm-pff. Barney to some... 
Doogie Hauser to Doogie others. Doogie Hauser to others. He'll always be the weird guy from Starship Troopers to me. He'll always be Doctor Horrible to me. Doctor <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Just saying. Or the voice of MTV Spider-Man. Oh. Um, that happened. I bet the X-Men never get to go to parties. Wait, what? No. That's not what he says. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> that show is interesting. <laughs> but, MPH, just count all off. When he was cast, I was like... <coughs> and then I stopped coughing like Mr. Poe. And I went... <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. And then we saw the photos of him on set. And that wasn't that long ago, was it? It was like no. um, yeah, September, I think it was. a pretty quick turnaround, all in all. Oh, they've been filming it since, I think, May of last year. Okay, yeah. But I think the schedule was scattered based on availability. Yeah. Because the scenes they were shooting are scenes from episode two, um, as late as September. And I was like, okay, all right. The makeup looks good, but it's a little distracting seeing the giant nose on MPH. Fair enough. Um... Ask me the obvious question. Is he any good? He's really entertaining. Ah. Um, I would argue he's not Olaf. The same way I would argue Carrie wasn't Olaf. Mm. Um, Olaf from the books is a lot more calculating, a lot more cruel, a lot scarier. And the humour from him comes from sort of the sadistic, dark turns of phrase or the bits where he clearly... Like, he's got one up on them, they know it, and no one who can help them has figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Those are the moments where you sort of read the book and you sort of go, oh, it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? And that the sort of the humour comes more from the, oh god, I can't, oh god, he's, he's loving this, he's such a, he's such a detestable villain. <laughs> um, the film version was carried up, which was partly Carrie's fault, but very much Nickelodeon Studios and the rewrite's fault, actually. Yeah. Um, but, this Olaf is, closer to that one but isn't an imitation of Jim Carrey this Olaf has his stupidity he has goofy moments he has bits where he is I mean there's a running gag where in his disguises at least once someone will sort of say his next like Stefano in book two someone will call him Stefano and I'll go who? alright yes (laughs) so you have those little moments Uh, whereas in the book he would never slip out of character for a second. No, no, no. Because he's determined to get what he's there for. He's determined to freaking get the fortune and stick around as long as it takes and murder whoever it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. But he's still scary. The people who are murdered in the books by Olaf are murdered yeah. by Olaf in the show. He enjoys it. There is one particularly cruel shot in episode four where a character's corpse is in the foreground of the shot, their face close up. He's in the back and he's describing what the corpse looks like to the children by sort of rubbing in that this character's dead. Yeah. And they hold they hold the shot for like ten seconds. And I'm sat there going, I'm watching a family show where there is the waxy, unblinking face of a corpse in the foreground of a character we like. What is going on? Mm. This is amazing. <laughs> um mm. it's the show doesn't shy away from the death and the murder. It plays on the whole film version implication that Olaf may have been directly involved in the arson of the Baudelaire home in the first place, but not in a way the film did where they were like, look, here's a giant microscope that reflects the sun <laughs> burning the house from a distance. It's like, the fuck is this? Um, he's a nasty piece of work, but he's enjoying himself. Yeah. And Neil Patrick Harris is clearly enjoying playing him. He's not the Olaf from the books, but fuck me if he isn't entertaining. Yeah. He's the strongest performance in it. I highly recommend it. We like NPH. We've, we've, and it do, it ends in a nice bow. Like it ends at the end of book four. It, it ends at the start of book five, but not in a way that's like, you're going to have to come back next year, folks. More in a, we're going to have to leave you for now. 
we'll see you again someday. <laughs> and then there's, there's like a song at the end of the last episode that sort of just wraps it up tonally. Yeah. So you leave feeling like you've watched a finale of a season. Yeah. It's really well done like that. And I can't wait to see it. I'm imagining next year they'll, they'll probably be Stranger Things. They'll get like 10 episodes instead of eight. And they'll do books five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Which would be great. Because then for series three, you do 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And, and you've got a bit more time to round out the subplot as well. I highly recommend it. Okay. Really I'm, fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a try then. Plus I'm the theme tune will stick in your head for days. Okay. And it changes with each of the books. The theme, oh, the theme okay. tune has a different middle verse for each of the books. Oh. So you have to pay attention. It's really, really good. Okay. Oh no, I can't pay attention to things. Speaking of unfortunate events. Hey! Nintendo gave more details. They gave everything. <laughs> they, they, they had a big event. For something that looked amazing. Yeah. But in the words of Jim well, Sterling, Nintendo have been Nintendoing Nintendo, it Nintendo, Nintendo, the fuck <laughs> out of this. So, I don't know. I, I We'll get to what I think about it shortly, but for those who don't know... and Hit us with specs, big boy. If you don't know, then you're a fool. No, you're a tool. You've just not been following video game news. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the Nintendo Switch got its big uh, announcement. Proper, not money, it's been announced, but this big proper unveiling. And they've announced um, the price and more about specs, battery life, what you're going to get in the box... <laughs> Proper release date. So, you know, so the, the um, kind of stuff that those interested in purchasing the console will go, oh, cool. Yeah. I know when it's out. I know how much I can play it for. I know roughly what games are going to be with us at launch. This is all good information. Mm-hmm. How could this be a bad thing, Matthew? Well, <laughs> some people got their old hands on the Switch. <laughs> some people got their old hands on the Switch. Their so old hands. Because so after the, uh, the big <laughs> show announcing it, there was a hands-on event for press. Yeah. Um, it's out on March 3rd. That soon? Yeah, but they, I mean, they always said it was going to be out in March. The rumour date was the 17th. Um, the, uh, but then it was confirmed to be the 3rd. Um, it's going to cost £249. And there's two SKUs. Both have 32 gigabytes of memory on board. expandable by um, SD card. Okay. And Which is I mean, so common practice for handheld consoles especially as well. Yeah. 32 gigabytes isn't very much though. If, no. Well, well, we're not sure about the, cause the game. I suppose it depends on, on the game size and stuff. Yeah. The game's going to come on cards so they're not going to be huge. But if you're going to have a lot of games which, you know, this is a sort of hybrid home console and handheld so you're probably going to have I mean, look at how many games we've got between us on PS4. Shit, and I'm, oh, yeah, the other, yeah. Day, the other day I had to like, repurpose the shelf in the living room because I suddenly realised, oh God, there have been that many titles I like on this that I'm buying more and more. But then also digital stuff. Yeah, well, Especially with our PlayStation Plus subscription. Also, <laughs> but, although, that's yeah. not a thing you're going to have to worry about this, yeah. but we'll get to that. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, the two SKUs, they're both 32 gigs. <laughs> one, basically, one's got grey controllers, one's got red and blue controllers. The Joy-Cons are the, the little controllers that are on the side and then they slide off and you can use them like like nunchuck and uh, Wiimote style, or you can use or you can plug them into a controller dock. Um, you can, can also buy um, so you like can buy an actual controller, controller, which is a lot of people are already saying do that. Well, cause... maybe not do that because it's oh. stupid expensive. Oh, it's more expensive than an Xbox One controller or a DualShock Four. Oh, it's like I'm not sure what the UK prices are. I think it's like eighty dollars. Because I mean. Second controllers like that. I I remember a time when second controllers were pricey, but not extortionate. But the last mm. generation, it's I mean, a PlayStation Four controller is forty four ninety nine at recommended retail price. 
And I keep thinking, why? And then you remember, oh yeah, it's wireless, it's a Bluetooth device, it's motion sensors, yeah. it's rumble control, it's got speakers, it acts as a hub for your microphone and headphones. Like, okay, fair enough. It's But this is just yeah. two nunchucks, uh, or the option to have two nunchucks on a pad, and they're charging extortionate prices for the pad. If you want one Joy-Con... What? So just one, like, half of it. So if you were just like, say for example, if you had like a Mario Kart style game and you just wanted an extra one so more yeah, people yeah. could play. Because so okay. you, can, you can flip them sideways and play with them like a NES or a SNES controller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, we'll get to that. I'm not sure what the UK <laughs> price is, but that's going to cost you $50. For one? If you want the pair, it's going to cost you 80 Balls off. And that comes with like the straps that clip on the side of it. Oh, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. It's... <clears throat> And basically, it's basically a, so. For those who don't know what the Switch is, it is a 2005 single by Will Smith that coincided with the release of the movie Hitch, and yet was not on the soundtrack. But in 2017, but in 2017, uh, the Switch <laughs> is uh, it's a tablet-style portable console. With detachable controllers that plugs into a dock and also plays on your TV as a home console. It is both a home console and a handheld. Nintendo is saying it can have up to, up to six hours of battery life. As a, as a, um, as a, handheld, as a, as a handheld Although you'll get about three hours out of it if you're playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is the launch game that everyone's going to buy, because it's coming out with about five games. Okay. Um, Not great for the first week. Normally, there's a good like ten or twenty usually at launch, with a few more due, uh, due with a few more due generous. next month. That's generous in terms of launch details. I oh, know, but like by, by by a month after the console's release, you usually get like the next wave of stuff. And it, yeah. Never, never like premiere defining titles, mm. but you know at least options. Um, mm. However, this is basically Zelda and a couple more things. Oh, they did announce that um, Super Mario Odyssey. Is both a coming out toward the end of the year, so that'll be like the big Christmas purchase, yeah, yeah. and b just giving everybody horrible nightmarish flashbacks to Sonic two thousand six. Yeah, because it's got Mario in what looks like the real world with real humans. What? Yeah. So you're gonna get a, you're gonna take a performance hit. Oh. Uh, when you undock it. Oh. It's gonna run games at a lower resolution undocked than it does docked. Um, when it's out right. on TV, which is well, I mean, I mean, I, that'll, I that'll be to guess that's to encourage home play. But... Yeah, it's all, but it's also to like, just keep the battery run, keep the battery life going, and also make sure that it doesn't melt. Because yeah, I'm sure if you notice if you're playing games on your phone, phone can get pretty hot. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Um, I used to have. So... Um, I used to have when it first came out. Um, one of my first like mobile. Games I tried on my iPhone, like where I, I wanted to try something beyond, you know, sort of like a paintball or a, or a, you know, Tetris or something, uh-huh. was uh, the Dark Knight Rises tie-in, which was basically a sandbox game on mobile with about five missions and some submissions. And it was kind of all right. It wasn't great, mm. but it was in. I, it was one of those where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm playing a PS2s game on my mobile. This is insane. And I remember my phone like burning my fingertips after about twenty minutes. So yeah, that th- I I okay. So so far, sensible decision, I guess, to yeah. lower the res and the and the the uh, you know horsepower. And basically, so, so you can have it docked, you can have it as a handheld, or you can pull the controllers off mm. and there's a kickstand on the on the tablet, so you can pop that on the tabletop. 
and you can either play with the two controllers separate or you can play two player stuff like you can play it's getting mario kart 8 deluxe which is a re-release of mario kart 8 for the wii u with some new stuff in it uh, you can play that with the joy con each for two people split screen things like that um on launch day it's getting four games okay Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Which is the main reason why a lot of people would probably yeah. buy the console. Although it's also coming on the Wii U, although apparently the, the Wii U version isn't going to be as good as the... isn't going to perform as well as the Switch. Um, which, yeah, I, I heard people saying that the, the Wii U version that they'd seen before the Switch was announced was looking pretty rough. Ah. But, but pre-lot um, events that it's been They on. just want to shift those units, I suppose, don't they? Yeah. It's like, we, yeah, we put yeah. out a half-decent version. Yeah. We'll probably still make some cash. So. Um you got in one two switch, which is a mini game collection. Yeah, but it's basically full price <laughs> with, with the dumbest trailer in the history of the world. It's a oh, demo disc. It's an yeah. old glorified demo disc for motion Although it's controls. got a bunch of live action stuff on it, okay. which is also which also serves the tutorials for the games. So they filmed a bunch of live action stuff of, of, of people playing these games to show you how to play it. <laughs> um, Skylanders Imaginators, because of course, and Just Dance twenty seventeen because of course. Now three of those. Um, not well, two of them, maybe not so much Skylines, but three, two of those sound very motion control heavy. Yes. The Joy-Cons have motion control stuff in them, and also HD rumble, which they kind of showed at the thing by showing a guy being able to tell how many ice cubes were in his virtual glass by how it rumbled when he shook it. Okay. So it's apparently it's very fine, detailed rumble that allow you to get a, a higher level of feedback. Whether or what use that has in full games, I've <laughs> no idea. Practice, but yeah. we'll see. But I imagine one two switch will use it quite a lot. Um, one two switch. Uh, <laughs> other confirmed games are uh, has been Heroes and I am set sooner for March. No idea what they are. <laughs> um, Sonic Mania is some, and Lego City Undercover sometimes in spring. Lego City Undercover, I'm not sure if that's a re-release of the Wii U game, which mm. is basically an open-world Lego game in a city um, that's not licensed to anything. I've got, actually. I've played a little bit of it. It's all right. Um, or if it's a sequel. I'm not sure if it's a re-release or a sequel. Possibly a re-release. Um, Arms is also coming out in spring, which is like a sort of boxing-y game mm. where you've got big boxing gloves on massive springy arms and you use motion controls to like <laughs> evade and punch. So, so it seems like a development <laughs> of, the Wii, of the Wii Sports boxing thing. Um, Super Bomberman R, which is a Bomberman game, but hasn't been a good one of them for forever. Um, Snipperclips, cut it out together, which is like this weird physics-based game where you sort of cut stuff out and fit it through shapes that are coming towards you and stuff like that. It looks interesting. Okay. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is a re-release of Mario Kart 8 with new stuff, new characters, new tracks, all the DLC from the Wii U version, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> Splatoon 2. So which not is, a re-release is, of Splatoon, an actual new Splatoon game. Which is so far the only sort of online community draw, but again, we'll get to that, I guess. But yeah. That's the only one that's got people um, going, it's oh, got a, there it, might be an online community it's got for a this big, one game. It's got a big following on the Wii U. Um, <laughs> I never ended up getting it, but I, I hear it's real good. And it was it had some strong support there online for a while. Um, NBA 2K18, so it's actually getting third-party sports games, which was... Something, Unheard of. Yeah, so the Wii U was was missing. The Wii got them, but what, the Wii U didn't the, really get them. I was going to say, what was the last <clears> Nintendo <throat> console that that 
was sort of actively working with third parties because not the Wii, the Wii. The Wii had it, but the Wii had it, but it, they sort it, of slowly it, kind of yeah it teased it, it out as, as it got as they stopped supporting the PS2 and original Xbox. Yeah, because I guess the ga- I guess the GameCube was the last one to sort of do it as regularly the game, as the other two the systems. GameCube didn't get them as much because the weird disc format and stuff. Oh, there'd, there'd always but, be there'd always be a port <clears> of some kind. You'd always get FIFA, there, yeah. but like yeah, the the third party support for Nintendo hasn't been strong since the SNES because when they decided to go to keep stay with cartridges instead of going over to CDs like mm-hmm. third parties just weren't as as focused on supporting them because they, they um, tried to do it for a while <clears> there was the whole um, they wanted that CD drive for ages where it was going to be an add-on to your own 64 that wasn't even a CD but... drive that was like a proprietary sort of jazz drive or zip drive based system right um, but but um, well, now is not the time to talk about the 64 no, DD. Yeah. We're talking um, about the future. Uh, the also, future that relies a lot on the past. We're getting Elder Scrolls V Skyrim in fall, autumn sometime. So that's the thing. You can play Skyrim uh, again on another format where it probably won't work very well again. Um, see, I, I really like Bethesda games, but they never work. They're always buggy and busted. Ugh, especially on console. And this is this is going to be a relatively underpowered console compared to the PS4 and Xbox One, and they're underpowered compared to the PC. And apparently, the Skyrim Definitive Edition doesn't run great on either PS4 or Xbox One. So how are we going to run on now even original vanilla Skyrim? This isn't even Definitive Edition. This is original Skyrim. Yeah. Oh, so original, original, run. wonderfully buggy. Skyrim. Yeah. Well, apparently, the Definitive Edition is also wonderfully buggy. So there you go. Uh, and then finally, we get Super Mario Odyssey in Holiday 2017. We will also be getting virtual console and downloadable game support. However, <coughs> oh, Nintendo is going to start charging for its online service. Ah, that will kick in starting the end of the year, the end of this year. E. Um. So it won't be. Uh, you won't be paying through it. It's a free trial to the end of it. So basically, to like the autumn time this year. Yeah. Because they haven't built it yet. <laughs> So you're not going to get all the okay. features. I knew there was a delayed launch and it's going to be free. Realise, oh god, because all of the features are going to be there at first. But if you're not paying for it, you got access to the parental controls app. You got you can share screenshots to social media, register and manage friends, and you got access to Nintendo eShop. Standard stuff. Yeah. If you are paying for it, you're getting exclusive deals. You're getting online gameplay. So it's basically like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live at this point. Online lobby and voice chat app. So the voice chat isn't done through the console. Mm-hmm. No voice chat on the console. It's all done through a mobile app. Okay, so basically um, you're using your phone. Yeah, you're using your phone. As a phone. As a phone. Instead of your console. Your switch. As a direct contact. So you're using your phone. To another console. For this console that you're holding with both hands. You've got to use your phone to communicate with people on it. That's how that works. Oh my um, god. And Nintendo then, Nintendoing it up. Also following on from uh, oh, God, no. Sony and Microsoft, you've got monthly games. Yeah, now on Xbox, not, I'm not sure what the system is for Xbox, but it's, but, it's but, pretty much the same as um, PlayStation Plus, PlayStation which is Plus. a great service. You pay a little bit a month or you pay <clears> the, the cost of one game a year Yeah, and you get five or six free games a month. Yeah. Usually a big title from um, like the year prior Loads of great indie games, and you like keep them stuff for you pay you pay once, and you get stuff for three consoles. Yeah, I mean, I, re- I recently I recently bought a PS Vita so I could take advantage of the Vita only titles. On I there. believe on Xbox Live, 
on the Xbox Live games of gold, you get two for the Xbox One and two for the Xbox 360. Which is amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Um, and all for the price of one game. What wonderful, wonderful thing is Nintendo offering in terms of get. that? He says, already knowing and looking forward to hearing your voice as you try and deliver this information with a straight face. You're going to get one virtual console game, NES or SNES, NES or SNES, okay. a month. For that month. And only that month. So let's get this straight. You'll have access to one game. One game. From either, and I'm guessing they pick it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're going to give you a game from either the mid to late 80s or the early to mid 90s. Which, I'll be honest, good for people who love games. Because hey, they, 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 they can try stuff out they've never played. i virtual console games on my, on between my Wii and my 3DS. You, the, people people yeah. who love games can maybe try something they never yeah. had a chance to play the first time. Yeah. Um, I'm playing Link's Awakening DX for the very first time right now. Not bad, right now at this second, but like... Bad for moment. younger gamers who are sort of in that phase where they they just want the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, completely ignoring the thousands of games made for the N64, the GameCube, the Wii, and the Wii U. You can get some of that stuff as virtual console games on the Wii U. And virtual Boy. Get, get this, get this, right? <laughs> on the Wii U, you can get Game Boy Advance games. As virtual console. Oh shit! Games. Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. You can't get Game Boy Advance games on the virtual console for the 3DS. <laughs> we know it can run. The original 3DS could run Game Boy Advance games mm-hmm. because if you bought an original 3DS before the price drop and you got their ambassador package, you got a bunch of GBA games for it, which they never released as virtual console games. <laughs> So you can get these portable handheld games for a home system, but not, not for a portable system. Also, there's, even though there's now, there is finally a unified Nintendo ID, your purchases don't carry over from Wii to 3DS. So I, have, I bought Legend of Zelda twice. I bought Super Mario Brothers twice. I had to put, I had to pay for... I Actually, I bought them three times because I bought them on the original Wii. And then when you bring your car- purchases across from the original Wii to the Wii U, you have to pay again to upgrade them. Not full price, only 150 or like less than a pound or something like that, but you still have to pay again. So I had to pay again to upgrade them to the Wii U virtual console version. Then I had to pay again to get them on the 3DS. So it's not like a, a, like one of the indie games that you tend to get on the PS4 where you get it, where you buy it, you get it for PS4, PS3, and Vita, or PS4 and Vita, or even some stuff. All the stuff is PS3 and Vita. Like, <laughs> oh, Matt, can I ask you a question? Yes. Will you be able to transfer any purchases you've made in the last few years on either your Wii, Wii U, 3DS? They will you be able to transfer them onto the Switch, Matt? There has been no mention of that. <laughs> so far and um, because let's face it if they at least confirmed look use your ID anything you've bought you will be able to play it on here if they could at least give you that that alone I think would make a lot of people go alright because now I have one hub where everything I've bought is playable and I think but what that's that's going to be the main thing that's going to hold me off from buying a Switch because it's not massively expensive as, Decent as price, or was it 300 250. something quid? 250? 250, but that doesn't come with a game. Okay. Um, That's not too bad. Like, like the other two, the other two main consoles at the minute are in the 300s. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're so, saving some cash. But that comes with a game. 
You get a PS4 for 300 and you get a game. And you, you usually, yeah, you get either a second controller or a game or both. Yeah. Um, or a deal. Or stores will do a deal where yeah. you get a two controller version yeah. and two games from like the recent chart. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, or you've got packed in console bundles, like they'll bring out a bundle for, say, Uncharted 4 or yeah. I think. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Xbox, Ratchet and Clank Xbox had one. Did some, I think they, did, they did a Halo 5 bundle and they did a Timefall bundle. Isn't it? Isn't it dirty <clears throat> that in my mind, if I were to put the money down, I would rather buy a PlayStation VR headset and some move controllers than a than a Switch at the moment. That's wrong. That shouldn't be how I'm feeling. I don't know. Because... I should be like, oh my god, I want to play these games on the Switch. I mean, the thing with the Nintendo console is that's the only way you can play Nintendo games. Yeah, and that's for the, certainly for the last few years. That's all you can play on them. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> mentally, I feel like I've been getting, I'd be getting more bang for my buck. Well, Buying a headset yeah. and having party pieces yeah. to like yeah. enjoy with mates and stuff. Yeah, which, which I is think weird because the Switch is all about the community. Switch, yeah, the part of Switch, <laughs> the Switch is trying to push that thing. But I just, if none of my purchases come forward, I'm not paying for all those virtual console games again. And the virtual console is one of my favorite things about Nintendo mm. because they've it's got just a shame they've not unleashed. They've got such a strong back catalog. Yeah, but what, I just don't understand why they don't turn that into a subscription service because yeah. they don't have well, to well, do the fact, the fact that they've yeah exactly <clears throat> it's, it's like what's the most manual work they have to do upload it and write the title into a into a marketplace they're ROMs yeah they're just ROMs so boom. some people even dug down in the data of some of these virtual console releases they're not even ROMs that Nintendo have dumped themselves <laughs> they're ROMs that Nintendo have gone and gotten from the internet <laughs> so it's not like they're they're not... They're saying the stuff that's on the Switch. <laughs> they're saying the Ness and SNES stuff that's on the Switch is going to have, like, new online play and stuff like that. <clears> so yeah. they're going to do a bit of work on them, but... Like, the virtual... Co- like, they did a bit of work on the Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow re-releases because they built... They uh, let you use the... the um, pardon me, the 3DS's wireless instead of the link cable for the Game Boy. Yeah. They did a bit of coding to make that work. But it's just you've got the strongest library back catalogue certainly the one that goes back the longest of any of the game companies because oh, Sega aren't making consoles anymore and, um, well, and just, again just, just look at the, just look at the Nintendo consoles like handhelds and, <clears throat> and thingies what we got we got the NES SNES the, the Virtual the, Boy the, the Game Boy Game, Game, Boy, Boy Color, Game Boy Color, the Game Virtual Boy, Boy. Yeah. Game Boy Advance, yeah, Game Boy Advance, uh, the original DS, DS, 3DS, the N64, N64, uh, GameCube, the GameCube, the Wii, the Wii U. So that is twelve consoles at the top of our head that they have made. Twelve consoles worth of back catalogue. Each console have games in the hundreds. A few of them in the thousands. Well, the Wii U has games in the tens. Okay, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Fair enough. They haven't had they haven't they haven't had like hundreds of games on a console since the N sixty four because they 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 definitely wound down the amount of games they were publishing per console with the N sixty four because they were using cartridges instead of discs and that shit was expensive mm. and there wasn't as much of a market for cash based games. Um, but but they've got thousands of games that they could just, yeah honestly, certainly from the NES and SNES, I think the entire world Boy. would delightful delightedly delightfully willingly the entire world would all get a switch if it meant paying five a month 
Tenor a month even? Tenor a month like even. Netflix style access to the NES, NES Game Boy catalog. To have access to thousands of games. Yeah. But they're not going to do it. No. However, would you like to play Bubsy 2? I'd love to play Bubsy 2. Oh, smashing his Bubsy 2. <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, haven't you always wanted to play Battletoads? No, oh, love just Battletoads. Battletoads. Some of the selections for, on a, the for three console. weeks and then we'll take it away from you. Like they'll 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 they'll, pull out, they'll push out a game. It's like, oh, there's this random Game Boy game that no one likes. This is your only Game Boy game that's releasing this month. Oh, by the way, it's a fiver. Christ. It's like, come on! Um, it's like their big thing with when they released the new 3DS. Oh, now you can have SNES games on your 3DS. Only on the new 3DS, though. But you can still buy them on the old 3DS. <laughs> there's no filtering on the store. Also, good luck fucking finding anything on the store. Christ. Um... So their on Nintendo's online <laughs> stuff has been completely fucked, and I'm happy if they need to charge for it to get to get their shit together and sort mm. it out. But people expect now because of what because of what Sony have done with PlayStation Plus and Microsoft have seen that it's worked and followed followed suit. People expect that if they're paying for an online service, they're not just getting the ability to play online because we're past that. We've done that. You need added incentives. And getting one old-ass game a month for a month, mm. and then you get it taken away again, and you have to pay for it if you want to play it again. It's not cutting it. No. And Nintendo have got such an incredible library to pull from. And maybe they know that, and maybe they're expecting people to pay for that, because it's not like they cut their games in price anyway. Mm. They don't have the same kind of sales you see so often on Xbox Live or um, or, or on PlayStation Network. But it, it's just not good enough, and their online stuff never has been. And ditch a subscription service yeah. and just put everything on there and make everything like three pounds. Oh, that'd, that'd be amazing because, like, just every week you could just buy one random game, yeah. chuck out three quid and buy one random game if you wanted, and do whatever you want with it, and it's yours and you own it. If you want to go on a spurge, if you like, I've got a week off, I'm going to buy a load of games to play. You could spend twenty quid, twenty one quid, and get seven games. Yeah, like it'd be worth it. Like, it'll be absolutely worth it. Then think of the quality of those games. You, just on NES games, if you wanted to go back and get Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, Metroid, Legend of Zelda, Yoshi's Island was a SNES game. Ah, um, darn it. Uh, Legend, the original Legend of Zelda, <laughs> fucking Excite Mike. Uh, Mario the Lost Levels. <laughs> Mario the Lost Levels. Yeah. Um, although technically that's a SNES game because Damn it's it. at least part of Mario All-Stars. Yeah, which I've got, which is um, amazing. Fucking Mario All-Stars. <laughs> hmm. On SNES, on SNES, Mario World. Mm. World and All-Stars. Hey. Uh, Super Metroid, um, Link to the Past, F-Zero. Uh, I'm just pulling fucking... What, else, what other <laughs> awesome fucking SNES games are there? Uh, Mar- the original Mario Kart. You go on the N64, you've got Ocarina of Time. You've got um, F-Zero X. You've got Super Mario 64. You've got Mahora's Mask. You've got, and then you've got the, like, the more obscure stuff, like, uh, the third party bits, like, Glass Core, uh, Space Station Silicon Valley, um, you've got things like the original Torok, Doom 64, alright, they're not good games, but, you know, the things that were still then regarded as classic. I mean, Christ, just right. whack out a Pokemon bundle, make it ten quid, and oh, thro- throw in Stadium, Stadium 2, Pokemon Snap, and, like, the ability to, like, port, like, one of the original Game Boy games They've or something. only just released Pokemon, Pokemon Snap, Snap onto the, on Wii the Wii U virtual console. as it's about to sort of right, wind down. <laughs> I, I would... <laughs> I think I would kill a man with my bare hands and or teeth 
for the for if they released you'd set your teeth out and beat him with them if they released a version of Stadium that works with the 3DS re-releases oh, of Red, Blue and Yellow if they released a version of Stadium 2 yeah. that worked with theoretical version re-releases of Gold, Silver and Crystal I'd actually piss my pants with delight that'd be amazing I'd actually wet myself like a small child with no bowel control I think the moral of the story is besides male incontinence is a real thing um, as is female incontinence. <laughs> I love Nintendo. We can shout out of both sides. The moral of the story is, if you love them, let them go. I love Until them. Until they see some sense. <laughs> but, as with all abusive relationships, prepare for them to disappoint you. Is it I true? think is that's it, what they're going to do. Is it true they've underestimated the orders as well? Oh, they always underestimate the I mean, not quite to the degree that it did with the NES Classic. Yeah, the NES Classic, which which, which sold out within like an hour everywhere, they, and then was immediately flipped on eBay for like twice the price yeah, by because everybody the, who bought it. Most retailers got like three. Oh, God. The hell, man. Like, what are you going to do with three NES Classics? Buy some board games instead. Mind you, that being said, the last time we bought a board game was Cluedo a few years ago, and it was £25. So maybe don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get a Switch at launch. No. It's going to be at least a year or so before I get a Switch because I need to see how it pans out. Yeah, same here. Same here with the. Like, I, here I am saying I want to get PlayStation VR over the Switch. Yeah, but I still want to. I want. I want to demo it a bit more. I think before a, I try it. I think and it's I want a to wait great. For it, I want it to drop at least fifty, sixty quid. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great design. Mm. And when a Pokemon game comes out on it, I'm going to have to get it. Yeah. And that's <laughs> rumored that the rumors that Pokemon Stars is going to be out on it this year. Jesus, I really hope that's not the case because I yeah. don't want to get a new console. But I'm gonna have to get a new Pokemon game if it comes out because I have a problem. But we'll just start a Patreon. I'm sure we've got one listener who's got four hundred yeah, quid that we're yeah. gonna chuck away. Yeah, four hundred quid, we'll get a, we'll for, get just for our commentary. But hey, that's just life. I, being disappointed by Nintendo. What else disappointed you this week, Chris? Well, keeping in the realm of video games and utter disappointment. Uh, although keeping within the realm of video games, an expected disappointment. Um. I saw the Assassin's Creed movie this oh, week. Oh, you poor bastard. Now, I've only ever played Assassin's Creed, but my partner in crime, um, who's technically doing the time, because, you know, putting up with me is like a jail sentence. Yeah. Uh, she has played every single bloody main console game. Um, she's played some of the PSN exclusives. Um, now that I've got a PS Vita, she's tempted to go back and play the PSP Spin-off, I think it was called Bloodlines, something like that. Uh, Blood Times. Yes. Um, Bloodlines, it was called. So, like, she, she wants to fill in. She is an Assassin's Creed apologist. <laughs> she admits it. When it's terrible, she defends it and then realises, I don't know why I'm doing this. But she has fun, and that's the important thing. She enjoys playing the Assassin's Creed series. So I have witnessed the whole damn thing um, being played out in front of me. Um I'm that invested that I, I I adore Ezio and I've never once played as Ezio. The whole and I adore Ezio. sordid mess exactly. that is Assassin's Creed has played out in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. I love the initial premise and I grew disappointed when they abandoned it in terms of the plot by the fourth one because the they, the game makers, couldn't give a crap anymore and realised everyone just wants to play all the stuff in the past. Let's ignore the whole plot about the future. Let's just sprinkle in stuff about it. Which was, to me, the most compelling, compelling part of that first game. Yeah. And the, bit, the, and the chunk of the second one that I played. Yeah. Um, it just... I don't know. It, it's, it's an odd series. It's a series that, that 
kills itself the more it goes on. Either because Ubisoft... Oh, Ubisoft! If you love it, let it go. They rush out entries, they're a pile of crap, the other company that they work with to like fill the gaps between years, make terrible products as well. Um, <coughs> characters are less compelling, they're the glitchiest freaking things on the main home systems at the minute. I hear Syndicate was pretty good, though. It's okay. I'll say this, environments, gorgeous. Mm. Victorian London is beautiful, beautifully realised. Characters, NPCs, enemies, dreadful. <coughs> either graphically or behaving out of sorts. I've got a vine, RIP. <laughs> I've got a vine of, of, of you being mm. in a brothel where the two gentlemen who are meant to be sat me. on the couch in full clothes are grinding against each other whilst the uh, the prostitute models are just sort of floating nearby, not moving. It's like, that being what the said, hell though, is going on? You had a vine. Because Vine is dead now. Well, you can still see the Vines. You just can't post any. Oh. It freaked me out. I opened my phone the other day, and there in my little uh, media folder, Vine had turned to Vine camera. So what the hell is this shit? It's a dark day. Uh, it's also great, because it means all those six-second, we think we're hilarious, but our video is just a gangster rap track playing over a dude gawking at a booty videos. Can go and leave the internet now. That's true. <sighs> Life is good again. Life is strange. Life is strange. Not Assassin's bad. Creed as a movie is dead on arrival, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's a film about a guy watching a guy do stuff that already happened. There is no jeopardy in Assassin's Creed the movie. Hmm. At all. Cal, the main character played by Michael, I adored these games, so my production company got this movie, like, fast-tracked, fast-bender. Um, fast-tracked, if you will. Um, plays Cal who is an inmate on death row, who gets the lethal injection and then wakes up at Abstergo. Um, the doctor there is played by Marion Cotillard, and she basically is like, right, your ancestor, we can see your ancestor's memories through your DNA, and he knows where the apple of Eden is. Uh, and as as French actress Marion Cotillard, I uh, swear to you by Jingo, we're going to find out where the apple of Eden is using your memories, and you're going to comply with us. And he's like, Alright. Okay. He's resistant, but he doesn't say why. Um, you learn about, and again, this is sort of from a base level, you learn about, there's an organisation called the Templars, who are apparently the baddies, though they don't really tell us why. And they're an organisation trying to stop them called the Assassins, this, who in the movie don't do any assassinating. So they far, just this fight sounds, people. This sounds like a... This sounds like an Assassin's Creed game. So we cut between Cal in a big harnessy visual effects spectacle version of the Animus, as opposed to just like a, a bed with some glass over it. Uh, and we uh, cut between him and Aguilar, who is his Spanish Inquisition era ancestor, mm-hmm. who's working with the Assassin's Creed to protect, to get the Apple of Eden away from the evil priest who is with the uh, Templars. Because in the modern day, the Templars, run by Jeremy Irons, Marion Cotillard's father, want to take, want to find the Apple of Eden because apparently it has the genetic code to controlling free will. Yeah. At no point in this movie do they explain how in the 1400s someone has worked out the genetic code to controlling free will and has somehow put that genetic code in a glowing MacGuffin. It's because. It's a precursor artifact. That... No. Not having it. 
they, they do they do make that suggestion that there might have been a people before our people, which the games are about. Like this, yeah, yeah, that's what of, the games are about. Essentially, but at no point in the film do they really go into that. Cool. And also, the games are based in science. Cool. They're based in science, but when when the precursor stuff and the what they call those those things, the sort of the original beings or whatever. I'm not sure. When they start to leak through in the games, that's the game's first hint of a slight supernatural bent, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're reaching to they're reaching out to you through technology to let you know this is wrong. You need to stop. In the film, it's completely based in science until a weird little bit at the end where you see a bunch of ghosts in the programme, but ghosts who he wouldn't be able to see because he's not related to them. Um the film is based completely in science, and yet the artifact is a mind-controlling metal apple. At no point do we see it used. <laughs> At no point do we see it used in the past, in the present, ever. Yeah. Mm. So we don't know if it works. We just know that the the Templars are apparently the baddies, because they don't really show them doing anything evil. They're just the baddies. Want it. So our protagonist is a murderer. Already don't like him. He wishes he was dead and wants to murder his father, so we don't really like him. Um, Half-heartedly agreeing to work with an organisation of scientists who are apparently evil to find an artefact that his ancestor, apparently a good guy, (laughs) hid. Um, There's so much detachment from any likeable characters or relatable scenarios in this movie. There is nothing to latch on to. At all. I'm not latching on to any of the stuff that you're talking about. There are some impressive fight sequences in terms of the choreography, but the shooting and ed- directing and editing is dreadful, so you don't really get to see them, apart Can't from a few that, shots. Okay. Uh, the most exciting parts of the films, like the games, are when we flash back to the past. Yay! Um, we flash back to the past four times in total, and each time is the same beige, sort of monochromatic colour scheme... Like, we're in Spain and Spanish Inquisition, so it's all dusty and sandy. There's no sunlight. There's no burning green fabrics or, like, the reds of all the religious sort of iconography. Even the flames look, like, sepia in in a witch... Sort of not witch trial, but a bit where they're being burned at the stake. The flames look sepia. Um, modern day is sepia with a bit more cold granite thrown in just to sort of add some grey to the palette. I love that cold granite. At no point is there... Apparently, it doesn't contradict this with the filmmaker's intent. It doesn't contradict the games. You can believe this happens alongside the games. However, the Apple of Eden, a thing from the games, is definitively in the movie. Um, and ends up with a character who has no involvement with it in the games. Um, sounds, sounds right. Sounds, yeah, yeah. Uh, at no point is there a suggestion that Abstergo has several headquarters and that one of them is essentially a rich people paying to play video games who are actually being tricked to go into their memories, which is basically the premise of all the later Assassin's Creed games, yeah. is you're just playing random person playing a video game number seven. Yeah. Um, God, it was boring. And that was its worst crime. It was dull. <laughs> yeah, sounds it. It was dull. I had a couple of micro-naps during that plot synopsis, to be fair. I, I'm not even kidding. At one point during the film, where they were just looking into some of the science stuff, I turned to Lou, who was sat next to me, she wanted to go see this movie out of her sort of morbid curiosity slash devotion to... I have to know. The franchise. I just yeah. have to know. She was like, I've got to know if it's good. I've got to know if it's bad. Either way, I like the franchise. There is now a movie. I would like to see it. I'm like, cool. Let's go see it. We've got Odin Limitless cards. We're not paying any extra to see it. Let's go. So we did. At one point, I let my head on her shoulder and had a strategic five-minute nap. Because <laughs> I was tired and bored. 
I woke up, I said, have I missed anything? She went, no. I'm like, great. Awesome. Afterwards, she told me the scene I'd missed. Guess what? Haven't really missed anything. Nope. Um, it was just dull. It's the worst crime a movie can commit, is being boring. It has no finale for an action film, which is kind of a crime. Uh, it oh, has a, right. not cliffhander, hanger ending. Cliffhander? A cliffhander, giggity. I'm cliff, it's a cliffhander. It's extreme sports uh, fetishists, basically. You hang, you dangle off a cliff and get tossed off. <laughs> hey! hey! <laughs> um, so, yeah. that is, that's your one joke for this week, kids. Oh, wow. Um, oh. so, yeah. Um, it ends not on a cliffhanger, but on a, We'll be back, and in greater numbers, seeing, yeah, you ain't coming back, which is... Um, coming back from that. I get the sense, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same studio, because I get the sense the only reason Marion Cotillard and Michael Fassbender agreed to do this movie once it was in production, like the script and everything, was because it was probably the same production company and they weren't allowed to do that film version of Macbeth unless they did this as well. Yeah. That's the sense I get from it. I can tell you that it's got a 17% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Deservedly so. And it continues a long, depressing tradition of video game movies being awful. So, pretty yeah. quick. And we're going to open this up to you guys. We're going to talk about it now, but I want I want your emails in for next week, you fine bastards. You fine bastards! contact at gmail.com. Tell us, is there such thing as a good video game movie? And if so... Which one? Tell us why. Uh, don't just say... There can only be one. Yeah, don't just say, oh, like Double Dragon. Tell us why. Double, like, I've never seen Double we Dragon. We have to know. Because off the top of my head, and we've got a list in front of us... I've got a list. Let's see... Internationally released yeah, video game-based movies. Let's waz through and decide if any of them are actually good. Super Mario Bros. No, it's not good. Dreadful. Double Dragon. Yeah, I've not seen it. Uh, I've seen some of it, and it was cheesy. Yeah. Um... Street Fighter. I like it, but it's terrible. Of course! <laughs> Rudy... It, what's his name? Rudy... It's not Rudy Giuliani. It's not Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh, God, what's his name? What's his Raul name? Raul Julia. Raul Julia, yeah. Um, Gomez Adams. He's having a ball in it. That yeah. alone makes it an enjoyable movie for yeah, me. But it isn't good. Um, no, it's, no not it's not good. Mortal Kombat. Also, really like it. It's not good. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> Don't like it. Also terrible. Pokemon... It, oh, go on. Just for context. Yeah. Mortal Kombat has a 34% fresh rate on Rotten Tomatoes. Mortal Kombat Annihilation has a 3% fresh rate. And having seen them both, yes, Annihilation is not as good as Mortal Kombat. My little brother had Annihilation on DVD because he liked Mortal Kombat games. It's not good, man. On, uh, I think we had an SNES one. Yeah. Uh, and he enjoyed it, so he bought it. One of his first sort of pocket money purchases DVDs was the Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> DVD. Even the DVD looked like it was just a cheap thing that had been printed by someone selling dodgy DVDs. It was like they didn't want you to buy it. Pokemon the first movie? No, it's not very good. No, it's not. Nostalgia Glasses? Completely off. It's pretty damn shite. Yeah. Um, I mean, that opening sequence is pretty sweet. Yeah. And then the movie happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, they... Several times name wrong Pokemon and referring to a Pokemon that's in Vision. Yeah. Um, Who's but that also, it's a dreadful script, but it's an awful movie. It's and Tears. Tears. Bring people back from the dead. Tears. 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 The healing powers of. Pokemon you know, you know how like Zootopia was a wonderful allegory for racism and no, how we should put our. Seen it. Well, it's a wonderful allegory for racism and how we should put our differences aside because we are ultimately all the same thing yeah. on the same planet and we should live in harmony and peace. Pokemon the movie tries to do that. With clones. And cockfighting. Oh, God. Wing um, Commander. It's not good at all. Pokemon the Movie 2000. Uh, really nice not, mystical music. It's not Terrible good, movie. It's not good. It's, it's not good. Um, Pokemon 3 the movie. It's better than the 
last two. It would have it would have made a wonderful psychological horror if it wasn't a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, uh, terrible. Not good. <clears throat> terrible, terrible, terrible. Not good at all. Although I will give it one star for that wonderful. There's no reason for this to exist. Bungie cord in the main hall fight sequence. Um, so and Chris Barry's in it. Chris Barry is in it, so, but but that? Tomb Raider is part of the reason why we lost Rimmer. So yeah, um, oh, it's not good though, is it? It's not Pokemon Forever. Never not saw it. it. Not seen it. I know it's about the uh, that little green thing. It's about it? Celebi. Yeah. I don't know that much. I've not seen it. <clears throat> Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. It's not good. No, but it was it was it had its dick sucked for years. If I recall, I think by it's gaming the highest rated. It's the highest rated Rotten Tomatoes wise. On this list, yeah, forty four percent. Yeah, it's not a good. F- I saw it when it came out. It's not good. It's Resident not good Evil was still early in the boom of video game movies I to trick people into thinking like it was good. It. I I have a special hatred for the first Resident Evil movie. Although, is it Colin Salmon who gets cut up by the lasers? Yeah, that's one of the reasons I have a special hatred for that movie because it just it's not a it's, it's not nothing, Resident Evil. Nothing about what I like about Resident Evil is no. in that movie. No. That's However, if that was in another film. Yeah, that'd be freaking great. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Heroes, no idea. Not seen it. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. It's really bad. Really bad. It's really bad. And for years, the Got Milk campaign uh, had that, had because they had like Angelina Jolie's yeah, Tomb Raider yeah. tie-in. For years, that was on the back of every comic book I owned, like a yeah. comic book. Yeah. Her in the silver diving suit with a milk moustache. There was a lot of like video game movie advertisements in comics of the 90s, of the, uh, 90s and early 2000s. House of the Dead, that's the UA Ball movie, isn't Not it? Not seen it. Notoriously, one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, we may have to watch it's it. It's not the only Uwe Boll movie on this list. Oh, He's God. done a lot. Imagine if we it's wa- the first one. <clears throat> Imagine if we got hold of some of these and watched them for a, I know. For a video series. Mm. Resident Evil Apocalypse. I've not seen it. Not seen it. Alone in the Dark. Also Uwe Boll. <laughs> not seen it. Doom. It's not good at all. It's really not do, good. Do, do you want to? <laughs> it's really bad. Do you want to get a good thing from the Doom movie, ladies and gentlemen? Just, you, just YouTube the first-person sequence. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> and Everything then, else is terrible. And then remember that it was a first-person sequence paying homage to the original game and not the ridiculously amazing current version of Doom. Oh, original, current, Doom 2016 is so good. If you haven't played Doom 2016, go play it. It's oh, 15 it's so quid good. in Asda and I'm tempted so to buy good. it. I might, it's I, so good. Should I buy it today? It's, yes, you should. It's yeah. so good. It's... So good. Mm, I have to take my ID though. I always get ID'd for games. Take your ID, man. It's worth it. Blood Rain. Also Uh, every ball. Also dreadful. But if you like boobs and vampires and you can turn your brain off, just enjoy yourself. I haven't seen it. Silent Hill. I haven't seen it. Not great. People think it is. It's not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) People think it is. It is not. Visually, it's got some interesting stuff going on, but nothing that you won't benefit more from by playing two and three, basically. Um, Dead or Alive hilarious I've not seen it fucking dreadful but hilarious I watched it because I had a crush on Holly Valance and it was her first starring role in a movie I was like go on then what was it what was her last time role in a movie dead or alive (laughs) (laughs) Postal Um, oh Eric Roberts is the villain in dead or alive so that tells you everything you need to know and at the end he absorbs all their fighting techniques by watching them and surveilling them and then he has them all uploaded into his brain through sunglasses so he wears the sunglasses and the sunglasses the sunglasses tell him predict their next move. So, how do you think they defeat him, Matt? They take his sunglasses off. <laughs> That's so good. Dead or Alive. Um, Postal, uh, another Uwe Ball film. Is it? It's another Uwe Ball film. I've heard mixed things about that. I've heard it's terrible, but it's like enjoyable if you just want to watch something shit. It's his attempt at a social satire, but what I've seen <clears> it does not make it look very Is it a good. crap version of... of um, um, uh, uh, oh, God. 
Oh god, what is it? The Joel Schumacher film that's really good. Tell me a person that's in it. Uh, um, oh, oh, falling down. Ah, yes, falling down. Oh, right. No, it's yeah. not. Okay, <laughs> that movie's great. It Resident is. Evil Extinction. Couldn't uh, give a fuck. Not seen it. Hitman. Uh, I did see, see Hitman. Bits of it. That was Timothy Timothy Oliphant. It's not good. No, it is not. <laughs> um, in the name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale. Not seen it, but it's got Jason Statham in, so it might be worth a watch. Far Cry was a movie. Name of the King and Far Cry, both Uwe Ball movies. Oh God, both Uwe Ball movies. Oh, is that why the world? Like, fell in love with Far Cry again with number three because it suddenly was like, forget everything that came before. Um, this is the direction now. No, it's because Far Cry 2 was a really good game. Also, Far Cry 2 was with, a really good With game. an incredibly committed actor playing yeah, the Yeah, that's true. Max um, Payne. Uh, not seen it. Looks terrible. I've heard awful things. Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Not seen it. Looks awful. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Nice looking movie. Not seen it. Um, <clears throat> Interesting stuff in there. But ultimately, just sort of proof that this would... This would be so much more fun if I was playing it. Not seen it. Which why? I think is the main problem with these movies. It's like, yeah, yeah. this yeah, isn't this absolutely. isn't fun. Do you know why? Because you're supposed to be playing it. Also, why is everyone in it white? Um, Tekken. N- not seen it. <clears throat> Same. I can't believe it was made as late as 2010, though. No. Resident Evil Afterlife? No. Not seen it. Retribution? No. Resident Evil? No. Silent Revelation? Dreadful. N- not seen it. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. How dreadful um, is it? So dreadful that I actually took the time to rate it one star on Netflix. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Need for Speed. Uh, starring Aaron. Science, bitch. Not Paul. seen it. Uh, no, Don't want to see it. Not heard great things. Again. Wow. It's a car racing movie. This would be so much more fun if I was playing it. <laughs> Hitman Agent 47. Uh, also not seen it. Terrible things. Ratchet and Clank. Fine. Funny. But it's basically the cutscenes of the video game with some additional footage. I've not seen it. Play it's the game. on Netflix. Play the game. Do give it a watch. If you want to pass an hour and ten minutes and have a laugh, there's a few nice jokes in there for video game fans and particularly people who grew up with the PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. But play the game. If you played the game, you've played it. Yeah. Um, Angry Birds movie. Uh, um, I've heard things. I've heard things. But mostly, it sort of seems to be in the same in the DreamWorks ball pit. Yeah. Of like, like, like not good DreamWorks. It's like, like fine. Like You'll be entertained. It's fine. Which I've, is I, I've the biggest problem with animated films nowadays. It's somewhere on the same <laughs> level as something like. Hop, yeah, or mm. um, or the Smurfs, Trolls, or, or Smurfs movies, Despicable yeah. Me Too, or, the, or an Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, right. Despicable Me Too is great. Despicable Me, Despicable Me, Despicable, fuck, Despicable Fuck Two is all right. Despicable Me Too is Despicable great. Me is great. Despicable Me Too tries to sell you Minions merchandise before then. Making a movie that is just Minions merchandise. And the fact that the third one yes. is on the way and isn't called Despicable 3 is a crime. <laughs> okay. But um, Trey Parker is the villain in it. In the third one? In the yeah. third one. I like the guy who voiced the villain in the second one because he, re- he came in late. Mm. He replaced Al Pacino, who recorded all of it and then for some reason pulled out contractually. And they've never said why since. I think it might have been like a... Well, he makes residuals on this, does he? No, like you paid for this and you paid for the press tour and everything. Oh, he's not doing it. Like something, it was something petty, yeah, I think, yeah. with his agency. The guy who fills in had to match her performance to visuals that already existed. <laughs> and it sounds... He doesn't do an opportunity impression. Oh. You've seen number two, right? I know I've seen yeah. number two. But... but he fits so well. And it's number yeah. two has got a great visual gag. 
where like he just takes the shot glass, grabs a rattlesnake, crushes its face into the glass and bleeds the venom, throws the snake away and just drinks the venom. That is a great visual there's, gag. Oh, there's loads of great visual <clears throat> gags in Despicable Me 1 and 2. It's a visual gag. Uh, Lollapalooza. Um, Speaking of Lollapalooza, Warcraft. Not seen that it. That hilarious comedy. I hear so... The things I hear, I hear about things. it are so mixed. Yeah. They're so, I hear people who love I don't it hear, I don't hear cannot it. stand it. Well, I've never heard anyone say, it's amazing. I've heard people say, it's pretty great. Yeah. And it's like, okay. But they're mostly people who, funnily enough, and this isn't generalising, fans of World of Warcraft. Yeah. And Warcraft. They... They're fans of the movie because, oh my god, like, they respected the source material. This yeah. is really cool to see. But casual moviegoers were disinterested as hell. Mm. And other people were just like, it's just CGI smacking you around the face. Yeah. Which is a, which is a problem with a lot of modern movies, to be fair. Um, um, I mean, my Also problem... weird that it's taken this long. But I'll give it this. Warcraft, I thought, would be one of those franchises that gets... Because we're just talking about theatrical releases. Yeah, yeah. Warcraft felt to me like it'd be one of those franchises that get bastardised and put on DVD much sooner. Yeah, of which there are plenty. And we won't... What should we go on? We'll, we'll do them in a future episode. Yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah. we'll have um, a smorgasbord. We'll dissect but, um, them. But the, the, thing, the, <coughs> thing that, the problem that I have with Warcraft is mm-hmm. that I look at it and go, this is Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, yeah. Is, this is Warhammer. And Tolkien. Like it's it all draw they all draw from sources that have existed for but, hundreds of years, a hundred years at least. This is so close to Warhammer. What warring factions taking territories, moving from dimension to dimension, different people with different powers and different armor sets fighting each other. Warcraft was originally a Warhammer game, but Blizzard lost the license and kept making it. So they called it Warcraft. Yes, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Assassin's um, Creed. Fucking dreadful. And I'm delighted to see 17% of Rotten Tomatoes. Like uh, and what have we got coming up? What's around the bend? Uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter. One of two movies this month, as Red Letter Media pointed out, that star a lady in a horror sci-fi franchise clad in black leather fighting monsters in the fifth or maybe sixth film in a franchise that only exists because the lead actress is the wife of either the exec or the director. Because Underworld, Blood Wars, Blood, whatever, yeah, is, is, is out this month too. Another, uh, Underworld both from again. Sony, both the same premise. Underworld um, again, under further, under more. They'll only be watched by people who have already watched all the series and will just want to finish it off. Basically. And like, and like to finish themselves off to decide if Millie Jovovich <laughs> or Gate Beckinsale in Black Leather. God, uh, this should go. Uh, this should go toss off a cliff. Uh, uh, Rampage. Not sure what that one is. Rampage is an old arcade game about playing as King Kong or Godzilla alikes, okay, and destroying a city for points. Right. Who's, I believe. Who's making it? Who's making the film version? Because if it's DreamWorks, I will shit a brick. Oh, if it's DreamWorks. Oh, if it's DreamWorks. New Line Cinema. Dwayne Johnson attached to the project. Not necessarily acting, but he's attached. San Andreas director Brad Payton is the direct. Production will begin in March. So it's probably going to be a... Not not a comedy then, or an animated movie. Okay. But that's Rampage. <clears throat> My God! It's so like you basically, uh, yeah, that's a thing. I remember Rampage World Tour coming out uh, on um, on Saturn and PlayStation. Um, Tomb Raider's next on the list with the um, reboot movie, starring what's her name? Are they confirmed? Uh, yeah, the last from uh, <laughs> the Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, she's Lara Croft. Okay, um, but this is based on the current franchise I would imagine so can I just say Lucy's been playing Rise of the Tomb Raider a lot this week 
That is some of the worst voice acting I've ever yeah, heard I've in a video game. I'm not talking Lara. In my house, I'm not talking Lara. I'm talking everyone. Yeah, everyone is dreadful. Um, it's painful to watch. Yeah, I think when I play it, I will get around to playing it. I think I will mute it because mm. I just I'm like this is god awful. Or, or I'll put English subtitles on, but I'll change the language of the game. Because mm. yeah, Christ alive, um, uh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm up for that. Have we got a direct? Have we got a director? Uh, What's the, what else has Alicia Vikander done? I'm sure I've seen her in something recently, but I might uh, be, I might she be was high. in. Um, uh, she was in the uh, Jason Bourne. She Jason I Bourne? did not watch that. Uh, for I like to sleep. So she was <laughs> in. Uh, she was in Jason Bourne. She was in The Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah. In the Danish Girl. Uh, she was in Ex Machina. Wax her TV credits by Jingo. A TV credits? <laughs> yes. Um, it's all uh, thingy uh, Scandinavian stuff because mm. she's Scandi. Maybe I've just probably. seen her face a lot because of Ex Machina. She is, um, she's Swedish, so yeah. Bless you. Uh, and what else have we got coming up? To round up this, what else have we got? Coming buffet up? of bullshit. Um, oh what else? God! An untitled Sonic the Hedgehog <clears throat> movie, which apparently will be live action. When will people realise that Sonic's not very good? Sonic's great. It's a kind of dead franchise that peaked at number two. Uh, at um, number three. All right, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> Minecraft the movie. Fuck off. Uh, Pokemon's Detective Pikachu. Double fuck off. Pokemon's Detective Pikachu. Double fuck off. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Not gonna lie, could work. Could work. Could work, as long as they keep it to one movie, it's separate from the game's mythology, and it just uses the premise of the first game. That's that could be... Literally never going to happen. No, it's not. But that, could be, <laughs> that would be an excellent hour and a half, like, Blumhouse Studio style, get it out in February, make some money horror movie. It could be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, also, upcoming. and then wrap it the fuck up, make it go the fuck away. Also upcoming, Dragon's Lair the movie. Now this is crowdfunded. Don Bluth is involved in promoting the crowdfunding, and also seems like an. Odd and choice. I would watch the crap out of that because you could just get the video files from the original Dragon's Lair oh, and no, just no. watch them. Oh no, I would be happy to see a modern hand-drawn animation take on it with a narrative of an hour and a half. I think that would be really cool. Because the beautiful thing about that game is the animations, the animated sequences. I suppose. As long as Don Bluth ain't writing or directing it, I'll watch it. I'll watch the shit out of it. Why Why won't you watch it if Don Bluth is writing or directing? Name me a Don Bluth film that is actually brilliant and not just nostalgically brilliant. Go for it. I double dare you, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry to get so aggressive. I don't think I could name you a Don Bluth. Sorry to get so aggressive, but... You know, Pe- Pebble and the Penguin exists. Uh, cool World? Is that Zombie? Not Zombie. Not that I know of. And it it's, not fully like anim- it's not a fully animated movie either. No. Also, I've never seen it. Troll in Central, <laughs> Troll in Central Park. Um, Land Before Time. Ain't as good as you remember. No. Fievel goes out west. Fievel goes west. <clears throat> Thumbelina. Thumbelina! She's a funny little squirt. Thumbelina! This film's shit, and you know her. It's the only bit of the film I've seen because it was on a, it was a trailer on one on a VHS. Yeah, kid. Yep, incessantly played. Uh, I don't think he did Quest for Camelot, but it was certainly in the same style as his films. Um, God, what I'm going to look up Don Bluth and see if I've actually seen any of his films with the time. The villain in Pebble and the Penguin is a rapey, masculine, but really camp penguin in a cape. Again, played by Tim Curry. 
Pebble and a Penguin. That's so, a thing. Something I've seen a lot of trailers for. Never actually seen. Never watch it. Never, Ever. never, <clears throat> never watch this. The music of Pebble and the Penguins by Barry Manilow, and there's a reason why he doesn't do musicals. All right, we're looking at Secret of Nim. Oh, all right. Do you know um, what? Do you know what? I retract my statement in part. Secret of Nim is a damn great movie. An American Tale. Terrible. Land you just before, think it's great, everyone. Land Before Time. Same thing. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Terrible. Rock-a-doodle. Terrible. Thumbelina. Terrible. Troll in Central Park. Terrible. Pebble and the Penguin. Terrible. Uncredited. Well, there you go. Uh, Anastasia. Terrible. You've all got nostalgia goggles on. Don't tell me the musical's being made because the film is good. The musical's being made because someone saw potential in it being a good musical. And Titan A.E. Uh, decent script by Joss Whedon, but not that great a movie. Okay. And that's the end of that. That's Don Bluth Corner for this episode. Let's go to... However, if they did an animated movie of Space Ace, I would also watch the shit out of that as well. Again, just get... You can get... Perfect on YouTube and just fucking watch Space Ace. It's a fucking movie. And every couple of seconds you have to press a button at the right time. You're just annoyed because we've discovered the existence of all those video game movies we've yet to watch, but now she'll have to. No! Okay. Um, Speaking of have to, uh, we have to go shortly. But you've emailed in, and we can't leave without talking about you, you yes. kinky little pixie minxes with your dirty eyes. Uh, we are Put pushed for time, energy. sadly, so mm. we're not going to get through them all today. No, but that's what that's next okay. week's for. That's what next week's for. Um, and what's <laughs> other things? Subtle hint So we'll go to Tom Monte. Monte. Hey Chris and Matt, one controversial question this week. I think I have touched on this topic before, but I didn't ask directly. What are your thoughts on the Doctor changing gender? And do you think Chibble would have the audacity to make the decision to make his first new Doctor, number 13, a woman? That's two questions. In my eyes, everything is wrong with the Doctor changing gender. The Doctor is an established man. The show relies on the Doctor being a man. The only reason the, the writers would make him change his gender is just for the sake of it, or to appear politically correct, and that is not a justified enough reason. Just because he doesn't, he can doesn't mean he should. I think, despite me not liking the fact that he has changed, if I have to come up with a reason for it, the Master has changed gender because it sort of fits with his character's madness and insanity, and I can sort of accept it for his character. I am for the theory that Time Lords have some influence on what their next incarnation will be like. I hope I haven't just made that up in theory. I swear I've heard it somewhere. No, yeah, the, the Time Lords themselves have talked about being able to select things. Yeah. So in my opinion, if the Doctor <coughs> was to make such a wild decision, that would make him just as bad as the Master. Please don't take this the wrong way. I am merely saying that the Master changing gender highlights his madness. The fact that the Master ever changed gender is the reason why the Doctor should never change gender, because the Doctor shouldn't follow in the footsteps of the Master. If you see what I mean. I hope I haven't caused any offence because I can understand the way this is a sensitive subject for some no, people as it is for me. I see what you're saying about Master Missy. It's more a case of like, the Master was always yeah. a Master of Disguise and what better disguise than to look completely, completely different than he has before. So I would love yeah. to hear your thoughts on my thoughts. If I was forced to hear that, to face the probable fact that this will one day happen, hopefully not with 13, and I'd suggest an actress, I'd go with either Emma Thompson or Penelope Willoughby. Oh! Good! The former oh, of Fred and the latter is Harriet Jones. Thanks for your time. You've answered, you've answered um, with my answer before I even had a chance to answer, Tom Monty. Uh, I have zero issue with, them, with, it, being with it being a female. I yeah. don't understand the argument that the Doctor's an established man because he's an alien. Yeah. Um, I'll... I'll, I'll say this. I've got I've got zero problem with it. I can understand people's reservations in terms of the tone of the show may be slightly different because it will go from being 
Although, then again, in the modern day, not so much. If it was in the classic run, I could understand it being a bit more jarring because it yeah. was usually mentorly middle-aged to elderly man and it would be young woman who's sort of learning and seeing the universe. If you suddenly change it to lady, it's sort of kind of a different approach. But here's the thing. The doctor is the doctor. Um, the gender shouldn't affect the character um, at all, unless it's been written by Stephen Moffat, apparently. Um because obviously Missy's now all about snogging and calling him a boyfriend and all this and stuff, which the master was never like, ooh, boyfriend, do you know what I mean? It's like, what is this? Yeah, um, yeah. If if the actress choice made me go, oh, shit, yeah, yeah. then I'd be all for it. Like, Emma Thompson is the one that came to mind. If, if they turned around and said, all right, everybody, announcement, Emma Thompson, she's only going to do one series because she's a very busy lady. <laughs> she is a very busy but lady. But for one series, Emma Thompson's going to play the Doctor. I'd be like, go yeah, right. for it. Let's see okay. what happens. I'll watch um, if, the, if the actor is perfect, I don't care. Um, I think your worry is that the dynamic would change too much, Tom, because of the female casting. But I think I think a sensible writer who knows the character of the Doctor well would know that the character wouldn't change. Just I, because it was a woman. I like, think... Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't. Like, the Doctor isn't about, like, you know, like, the male and female kind of, you know, archetypes, yeah. uh, biological necessities, like... Do you know what I mean? Just because the doctor yeah. will definitely pee, sit down when peeing now doesn't mean that she should behave any differently. I think that we're fast moving towards a post-gender society, or yeah. at least a post, a post-binary gender society. Yeah. And I think that as trans and gender fluid people become more visible in society and with a with larger voice, they should. Yeah. Then that, then media needs to reflect that. I think <laughs> I think you're making an unfortunate association by associating the master's gender change with madness. Yeah, that's why I said I think, um, I think it's more I a, think, more a case of it feels like something the master would do to throw him off the yeah, scene. Yeah, I don't I, I I don't think that's what you're aiming for, but it is yeah. it's a very unfortunate association to to collate the change of gender with madness. Yeah. Um, being transgender is not a mental illness. No, um, and to be fair. The master isn't necessarily transgender if mm. we're talking about a species which can change gender at will. Although um, that that's what makes I think confusing in terms of like swallowing it when you when you know the mythology because the original series never really suggested that no. that was a thing. It was there were male time lords, female time lords, and you know that that was it. The new series made hints and then just outright outright, yeah, it outright now, suggestions so. and then a visual representation twice of Time Lord changing gender during thingy but here's the so, thing to a Time Lord is it male and female? Yeah. Like is it? Or is it just oh this body has all the traits that we associate with a man this body has all the traits we associate with a woman like this one this one is this one has the the male junk and this one has the female junk. Yeah. Like it's chuck it chuck in like, that's the thing I think I think it's to do I think the, it's writer the writer yeah, would determine yeah. whether or not it would feel odd or offensive or out of place yeah the right the right writer hey uh, who wouldn't write a sentence like the right writer the right writer with a really good actor would make you within five minutes of their first episode just be like yeah this is just as it always is i'm fine with this Do you yeah know what i mean um the wrong writer would make it a thing and thereby sort of make it feel like it was a pandering thing, which it isn't. It's just a case of telling stories with a character. But at the same time, the wrong writer can wield that power the wrong way. Yeah. And I think the current style of the show wouldn't suit that at all. 
I, yeah. That would make it yeah. seem offensive. And it would do it wrong. And it would set things back. The same way that Ghostbusters tried to make the summer blockbuster something that the general public at large accept more, at least, you know, in terms of pockets of certain people and certain opinions, um, accept more female leads in summer blockbusters. The problem was it was the wrong bloody project yeah, to do it in because yeah. it was so divisive. Um, as would who be if it was true in the current well, I don't know world. if it was the wrong bloody project to do it in. It, was just, it just wasn't done as well as it could have been. And also <clears> the <throat> way that... Well, it's the whole thing they like, why with... can't girls be Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. what do you mean? Well, Ghostbusters is amazing. Ghostbusters is a film about <clears throat> three blue-collar schlubby guys who yeah. make an extermination job because they've been kicked out of the teaching profession. It's not about superheroes. No. So... <laughs> like, what a weird... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that that's why it's annoying it's taking this long, but that's why I'm looking forward to like Captain Marvel, for example. And, yeah, yeah. And in terms of its cultural impact, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because it's hope. about damn time. I just hope it's good. I really hope I, it's good. I have I have I have the lowest expectations for it as a movie. Oh, I hope it's good. And that sucks because I really should. I really want it to be good. So yeah, so um, short shorthand, um Doctor Being a Woman would be awesome if it's treated with the care and consideration the show should always be treated with. And if they get a good person in the role. If they get a good person in the role. Yeah, who would be your show? I'm not the idea. top of your head. I don't know enough. Would you agree Emma Thompson would be pretty Emma damn good Emma would be pretty one. good. I'd probably go with someone a little younger, but not much. I don't want to go with someone too young because you don't want to... Because television particularly has a nasty habit of, of sexualising younger women. And I don't think that would be right for the character. Plus an older female lead in a TV show would also be really Yeah, cool. older female lead would also be really awesome. Um, smashing, but, through, smashing through that annoying glass ceiling of employment when it comes to acting. Where yeah. If you're an actress of a certain age, there are less jobs because yeah. people don't write enough stories. Uh, and it's a stupid stereotype. We could do an entire podcast on the, the acting stereotypes and snubbing, but we won't. Um, Emma Thompson's a great suggestion, Tom, is what I'm basically saying. Emily... Oh? Mortimer? I get my Emily's mixed up. Emily Mortimer? Not Emily Mortimer. Not Emily Mortimer. Another one. What's she in? What's she in? I can't remember. Oh. Damn it. Damn it. It'll come back to you. It will. By Jingo. Uh, da, 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 da. Meanwhile, Emily oh. Watson. Emily Watson. Emily Watson. Emily Watson. Emily Watson? Uh, show me. Show me Emily Watson. Is Reveal her face to me. Emily Watson. Oh, I recognise her. Uh, What's she from? is in uh, all sorts of shit. Okay. Um, she <laughs> is in. Welcome to the Emily Watson podcast. Emily Watson uh, podcast. Um, this week we're looking at the life and times of Emily Watson. Uh, trying to think of people, things that people will have seen lots of. Uh, Cemetery Junction, Bell, Appropriate Adult, uh, Cradle Rock. She was um, in The Book Thief, right? Anna Karenina, she's in The Book Thief. Yeah, I know from that. Um, Synecdoche, New York, which she's amazing in. <laughs> British um, actress? Yeah. Yeah. Miss Potter, uh, Angela's Ashes. Uh, she's in Equilibrium, of course she's in Equilibrium. <laughs> uh, she's in Red Dragon. She's the, the co-worker in Red Dragon. Um, oh snap okay yeah. yeah she's very good at vulnerable vulnerability and um, I think it'd be interesting to see um, a doctor with that sort of inner strength but we can affect vulnerability quite well yeah a bit, more, a bit more of a wide identity to the, the universe she take yeah the sense of wonder and also take people off guard and of course she's the latest actress so I think it's a good show I think I would um, be a bit thrown off if the doctor wasn't British anymore like if he wasn't if his accent wasn't 
RP or Irish yeah. or Scottish yeah. or Welsh or, or something British. If it wasn't a British accent, I would be a bit like, oh. But only, only I think because I associate the show so much with like, oh, this is this is something from over here and not the states. But there's always a resistance. Do you know what I mean? There is always a resistance to anything new to something that's yeah. been so long established. So I understand why people are. Um, oh no, yeah, apprehensive I mean, about it. But I just, and also the term political correctness, especially when it's put in scare quotes. Yeah, it, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Just don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. But do um, worry about. Dan Rawlings. He is a known burner of toast. And Sorry, Dan, I just made up a blatant lie about you. Hello, boys, I'm <laughs> back. <laughs> to burn your toast. In no certain order or grouping, here's another cluster of questions. <laughs> if you could get rid of any toxic fan base in the world, what would it be and why? Ooh. I don't think fan bases are toxic because... Because of what they're fans yeah. of, yeah, I, I, I think it's more a case of, of get rid of the toxic fans in general element. Um, because I don't think that fandom makes people inherently toxic. I think people just need to chill their shit. Yeah, it's gone quieter as the world has woken up to his bullshit. But if you could remove the negativity from any believer who's ever been horrible to yeah. another person online, yeah. that would be the one. That'd be the biggie. Football fans. Yeah, because the football football is a fucking wonderful thing so that unfortunately like is celebrated so by a large portion angry. of violent, hate-filled, yeah, racist yeah, yeah. people, just... which sucks because like they are a very loud like five percent of yeah. it. But there's a reason why the stereotype of football fans is is that because they're just so fucking horrible and noticeable. Yeah, I got games like every now and again for FC United. It's just the warmest, most fun environment ever. Everyone really gets into it, and that's fun. Yeah, that oh god, there maybe that, that that might be bigger than believers. Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you're gonna have to choose one, I think it'd have to be that. Yeah, because of how violent people can get. I don't think we're gonna find a cross section of both fan groups that no. we could get rid of. Maybe, <laughs> but mayhaps, mayhaps, mayhaps. Um, what do you think is the worst movie ending or twist of all time? Damn, um, anything Shyamalan's made since. Unbreakable. Unbreakable was great. <laughs> Signs is a great movie ruined by a terrible ending. Yeah. And then it just goes all downfield from there. Worst. If we're talking about twists, it's Ed's Shyamalan's. The, the Signs, mm. the Village, and like Sea Lady in the Water. Um, I can't think of the worst one. I mean, Signs is up there. But most recent one, The Boy. It's a recent enough. Oh. Movie. It's a recent enough movie that I won't say yeah, yeah, why. I've not seen this part of it. But, but it's yeah. a twist that when you think back to the rest of the film's plot, the film falls apart. Yeah, <laughs> and loses any loses any credibility it built up by being a convincingly sinister supernatural movie using a doll as a prop. Like you go into that movie going, "This is going to be ridiculous," yeah. and about half an hour in, you're like, "This is actually really well told." I'm really creeped out right now. And then the last fifteen minutes, you go, "Oh." Um, so yeah, the boys. The boys are recent shitty twist. Favorite parts of films you hate? Oh, that is an excellent question. Um, because there are not many films that I despise from beginning to end. Like, there's usually something in a movie that makes me go, "Yeah, I kind of like that." Yeah. Um, I mean, this is less a favorite part, but more Batman and Robin. Dreadful movie. Did a lot of damage. Um. Especially to its own franchise, its own four-movie franchise. But it's a goddamn fun film when you sit down and watch it with the mindset you're about to watch some bullshit. 
So your favourite part of it is just the fact that it's fun. Yeah, have, okay. a, have a drink and enjoy how okay. shit it is. Um, failing that... Uh, oh, shitting hell. Um, Attack of the Clones. I do kind of like the arena bit with the beasts. Yeah, that's alright. But... Not because of the performances, more because it's like, wow, these are three pretty funky, weird creatures. Yeah. Why aren't they just attacking yeah. each other? Attack, Attack of the Clones has got some uh, got some okay moments in it. Yeah, the yeah. Um, the asteroid field with the sonic mines, the fight with Django yeah, Fett, yeah, um, Django and and, and Obi Wan yeah. on the plot on the the platform. There's some alright stuff in that movie. It's just terrible. It yeah. doesn't hold together at it's, all. It's God, it's um, the worst Star Wars movie. I down. would probably say the warehouse fight in Batman vs Superman. Yes! Although, I did watch an analysis of that the other day, where a guy basically pointed out how that was fatal. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. every no. person he fights he either dies or is crippled. But, and it made me like it a bit less, because I was like, oh, God, yeah, you're right. But then you look at any Arkham fight scene and think the same thing. Yeah, like, but they, they still they still show them rolling on the floor going, ah! Comics, comics and Arkham yeah. Batman is so... Um, is... You just have to take it with a pinch of salt that he's actually doing enough damage to these people to not to, to not kill them. Yeah, because <clears throat> he probably would or yeah. cripple them. Um, uh, yeah, no, that seems pretty damn sweet. Least favorite. Part. Oh, I thought, thought Man of Steel where he first flies. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first half of Man of Steel really because it goes to, it goes to hell very quickly after that. Um, least favorite parts of films you love. Ooh. Um, that is actually quite difficult. Because films I love, I really love. Mm. Um, Alright, it's sort of nitpicky more than anything, but like, Force Awakens, I really enjoy that. It's a real feel-good movie. Gets me in a good mood. Uh, The Wrath Tars. Yeah. It could have just been a sequence involving the the, the two um, mobster gangs who are out who want money, and maybe like a beastie that gets loose. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's just like it is the one bit where if I'm if watching the film now, that that's where I go. Yeah. That's where I pop next door to yeah, make a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, you go next door to get your tea. Then you have a kitchen. I just, I, 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 I I'm very, I'm very tight walleted, and I just steal milk from my neighbour. I, would I milk my neighbour. I just milk my neighbour and drink Why it. Why are there no women in the thing? Is that a question? That's or is, my, or that's is that my, your that's my least favourite part of film? Yeah. Where yeah, that's a good point. But then I wouldn't have thought that four or five. It doesn't, it doesn't ruin the movie, but it does but make like, you just go, oh, oh, if this movie came out today, that'd be weird. Yeah, that is odd, actually. But hey, um, <coughs> also, Chris, you mentioned having too many classic Doctor Who episodes to catch up on. So, would you consider doing a commentary series? Really enjoying. I 90s don't 10. have the. T- oh, thank you very much. I I don't have the time to do it all. Really, to be brutally honest, nine is ten was a lot of work for twenty seven podcasts, then twenty eight over the course of thirteen weeks, um, and then I, I, there was at least three or four weeks of prep before that, and then like during it, it wasn't just a case of recording and uploading. Yeah. There was a lot of work. If we were doing this full time and getting paid for it. Absolutely. That might be the kind of thing that we could do. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Oh. I think I think commentary tracks is something we're looking at doing, but I've, probably not Doctor Who from the beginning. Um, no. Maybe one day, you know, for a laugh, maybe one day we'll do the TV movie. Maybe. That'd be a fun one to do a commentary on. We'll see. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you very much. Um, uh, sorry if any of these have been already been asked, but I've missed a few episodes and like the ball pencil and the lovely feeling of having my name read out on a podcast. Because Dan Rawlings! Dan Rawlings, 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 Dan Rawlings. Okay, thanks. Cereal burner of toast. Um, you got time for one more? Uh, yeah, we've got time for... It says whack in an email, and we also got a tweet. Let's whack a tweet in two. Okay. Baby cakes. I'll get this last email on the we'll Sugar tits. If Sugar to, tits. If you've not got to email this week, don't worry. We will. Get no email gets left behind, <clears throat> even if they don't got, get all on one show. Um, Nobody gets left behind. <laughs> this comes from Miles. Hey, Chris and Matt, just wanted to say how much I enjoy listening to each of your big damn podcasts whenever they come out. As well as I'm primarily a Doctor Who fan, you guys have introduced me to new fandoms and franchises that I wouldn't have given a look in. Otherwise, thanks to you, I'm now a massive fan of Red Dwarf. Awesome. As an aspiring film or TV director, nice. It's, just, it's great to hear you both talk about all the behind-the-scenes developments on Blockbusters and such, and I always look forward to listening to each new podcast when they come around. Well, thank you very much, Miles. That's very kind of you. Bye, Jingle, um, Miles. Bye, Jingle. Thought I'd give you some big damn random questions. Uh, what do you think was the main reason for Classy's failure? Personally, I'd say it was the sheer overdose of marketing. Apparently, the TV broadcast is getting virtually no views, and the iPlayer rating just plummeted down as the series went on. So it's obvious that hasn't gone entirely to plan. Yeah, the repeats on BBC One have been going out as two episode blocks um, at like quarter past eleven on yeah. a Monday night. Uh, the first episodes got, uh, I think. Somewhere in the eight hundred thousands or something in terms of total views that evening, uh, and the second episode, which happened immediately after the first one, dropped to like four hundred thousand or whatever. It's like those aren't the exact figures, but like there was a yeah like a like a, like a over half drop in viewers by episode two, um, yeah. which says a lot. I think class's overall failure is down simply to the fact that it's not. It's not a story worth telling. I think, and it's not told well either. It, yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, for one thing, the tone is inconsistent. Yeah, because the tone is inconsistent, they don't know who the audience should be. Because they don't know who the audience should be, they haven't been able to market it to the correct audience. Because they haven't been able to market it to the correct audience, it doesn't have an audience. That's why class has failed. They assumed, they assumed it would get an audience. Oh, we will. They assumed um, it would get an audience off yeah. the back of Doctor Who having an audience. But it did not, because they no. didn't market it to the right audience, because they didn't know what that was, because they didn't know what the show was. And it was, ter- it's it's so, was terribly written. It's not very well written. It's wildly inconsistent in terms of tone. Mm. I don't know who it's supposed to be for. I'm not even spo- sure who it's supposed to be about. Do you... I mean, we'll go into it, because we're going to... I mean, let's... We'll just let them know. In a future episode, we're finally going to sit yeah. down and watch the whole damn thing. Not next episode, but hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, but did you know? Did you know how it ended? Uh, roughly, I've still not watched the last two episodes yet. Did you know I it ended rough- on a giant cliffhanger? I know it ends on a cliffhanger, and I know what the cliffhanger is. I just and a tease for season two, oh, God. which hasn't been greenlit, Excellent. and based on this, probably won't be. No, and probably shouldn't be. No, it really shouldn't um, be. Um, but- yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Weakest Red Dwarf episode. Oh, um, I can tell you straight away. The two worst ones are, uh, for my money, um, oh, Beyond a Joke from Series 7. That's mm-hmm. one with Crichton and Abel and the simulator. Oh, okay. It's just awful. Yeah. Um, Crichty TV's not very good, but it does have some redeeming moments. Uh... But in terms of ones that aren't seen as the worst by sort of like the, you know, the viewers at large, yeah. I really don't like Emo Hawk Polymorph 2. 
after the Gelf wedding and the change of plan, Leggett. It's just a fan service for 15 minutes where they yeah, bring back Dwayne Dibley and Ace River and it's not very good. I think I, I'm just not a huge fan of seasons seven and eight in general. Um, I haven't watched say season eight since it aired still. And I, when I when I when I recently started rewatching a bunch of it for our episode, I didn't re- even get found to season seven. Yeah. There are some nice moments in it. And I think Chloe Annette brings a nice new dynamic to the whole thing. Lister actually getting actual, some emotional story yeah. um, arcs to deal with is quite nice because Craig Charles plays it well. But, but there's not enough good material for that many episodes, and it's not. It's just not consistent. It's just not consistently good or funny. Um, Which is sort of. Which that's is shame, kind of when you get when you get stuff that is good in there. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's that's great. kind of that's kind of Red yeah. Dwarf's entire thing from series seven onwards to present yeah, day. Yeah. It's 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 not it's no longer from that point on hilarious like musty comedy viewing. No. It's interesting, humorous sci-fi viewing with characters you enjoy being with. It's yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad television, but it ain't series one to six. No, no. Um, two years. Uh, favorite post-regeneration Doctor Who story. So, first story with the new Doctor yeah. has to be one where they've regenerated in, immediately before that story. So we can't have Rose, for example. Uh, you, no, I'd say no. no you wouldn't I'd be able no. to. No, no. no. Um, Eleventh uh, Hour or Spearhead from Space. Uh, Power of the Daleks. I've still not watched it. I thought it was going to. I've not, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. But I've I've listened to. You listened to it. I had the um, <laughs> old, 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 old. Like initial cassette <laughs> releases of the soundtracks with narration. Yeah, this one was narrated by Tom Baker. Tom Baker in character as the fourth Doctor, as the fourth recalling doctor, his time recalling as the second Doctor. It. Um, it's yeah, I love Battle of Alex. Uh, yeah, Spe- Spearhead and Eleventh Hour for me. Eleventh Hour, Hour is Eleventh really Hour, Hour is fucking magic. Spearhead's really really good. Christmas Invasion's great too. Yes, it is. We've talked about that. <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll be getting to that. Uh, uh, Dan, you'll be getting to that soon. Um, <laughs> thank you, Miles. Uh, thanks once again for all the top notch big damn cast and cheers for answering the questions if you do. Miles, apologies if I've used the words big damn too much in this email. You can never have too much big damn. Um, but yeah, should probably be our slogan. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for your emails. Again, if we've not got to you this week, don't worry, we will get to you. No email left behind. Um, <laughs> Take us to Twitter. You've got a Twitter question Yeah, we us. got one. we got one yeah. during this recording. So I thought, as fate would have it, let's give it a quick read. Daniel Potter, Lego Bookworm. Hello! Hello! Good sir. Uh, as a superhero comic noob, which Batman, DC, or Marvel comics should I get? Answer here or on the podcast. Well, we'll take on the podcast. Good sir. Do you want to um, take Marvel or do you want to take DC? Uh, or should we just throw out random suggestions? Let's, let's give him five suggestions for graphic novels to pick up to give a try. Okay. Um... I would I would recommend Ultimate Spider-Man Volume One. Yes, Peter Parker or Miles Morales, but Peter Parker because then you can do the whole journey if you're enjoying it. Yeah, um, Batman Hush. It's a blockbuster of a comic book. Yeah. Uh, what else would you chuck out there in the ether as, as a beginner? Well, you do five and I'll do five. Okay. Um, I would also recommend if you're looking for something a little bit more grown up and weird, uh, Watchmen. Yeah, um, Watchmen's kind of a standard. Like it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's it's worth picking up just for what it's got to say about the genre more than anything else at this point. Indeed, doody dingle dangle. Day it's become. Yeah. Um, any sixties Fantastic Four if you want to give something a bit fantastical and mad and dated yeah. a go. Yeah. Um, and Superman American Alien. I don't necessarily think that would convert people to comics, but I think it'd make you go, "Oh shit, Superman's amazing." Yeah. 
Uh, uh, so yes, those are my recommends. So on the same t- on the on the same uh, sort of vein, if you want something amazing, Superman, you get Superman Birthright. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you should check out. Uh, so it's difficult without knowing if it's a particular character you want to get into, but in terms of just generally good Marvel and DC stories, uh, I would go with um, <clears throat> the, apart from the ones Chris has mentioned, definitely go with uh, Superman Birthright. Batman, you should probably go with, I would say, Black Mirror? Or Batman and... Uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror is a bit steeped in the mythology, but go with it. Yeah, because it's a it's great a, story. It's, it's like three damn good arcs in one book. It's a great story. Just bear in mind that it's not Bruce Wayne under the cowl, it's Dick Grayson. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's a great Batman story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, probably away, little check bird. out... <laughs> Um, so yeah, go with Superman Birthright, go with Batman Black Mirror, go with... Oh, oh, um, JMS's Thor run. JMS's Thor run, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. go by J. Michael Straczynski, uh, Spider-Man Big Time. Yes! Oh, that's and, a really good jumping on point. Uh, I'm trying to think of a really, really good one. <laughs> um, Brian Michael Bendis' New Avengers. Yes! Oh. Not, not the 2010 one, the 2005 one. The, the, one, the first the... volume of which is Breakout. Before you get boat rushed at the Wild Wild yeah. West. It's full uh, circle! We did it! The one that, it, 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 it'll be the one that's, bright, that's um, <laughs> New Avengers and then a subtitle, not New Avengers by Brian Malcolm Bendis. That's the second yeah. Brian Malcolm Bendis yeah. volume of New Avengers, which isn't as good as the The first. original New Avengers is the first volume, I think, is Bra- uh, Breakout. It's Breakout. Yeah, Breakout. It's Breakout. Uh, part of Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, it's separate. Oh. Avengers Disassembled and Breakout. It's in Avengers and Breakout. Yeah. Was really Avengers Disassembled comes before Breakout. You don't need to read Avengers Disassembled. So read no, Breakout. No, Disassemble, Stephanie! All you need to know... <laughs> all you need to know is that there's, the Avengers have <laughs> disbanded at the start of Breakout. That's all you need to know. No, Disassemble! No, Disassemble, Stephanie! Um, Where can you find us during the week, Matthew? You can find us! If you want to get in touch with us, you need to cut it to us on at Big Damn Contact... Uh, no, not at Big Damn Contact. Big Damn Contact at gmail.com. Nice, smooth. At- no one noticed. <laughs> Not everyone noticed. <laughs> at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. Yep. Because email addresses don't have an at symbol at the start of them. <laughs> Only Twitter handles do. Um, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. Big Damn Contact at gmail.com. Um, keep an eye on that Twitter because we've got some stuff coming soon. So soon. So soon. So soon. The soonest. So soon. Huge. Huge things coming down. Soon. Real soon. Like a nuke. Like um, a nuke. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, yes, and this podcast will be going out on the date of Donald Trump's inauguration. So we just like to say, "Fuck you, Donald Trump." Yeah, screw you, and um, screw you and your tiny hands. Yeah, but don't forget, for those of us that live in Britain, which I think is probably most of our listeners, we've got a terrible government as well. Yep. Do what you can to stick it to him, but make sure it's legal. Yeah, and don't literally stick it to him. No. Because... no. Don't kill anyone. Don't no. hurt anyone. No. Really. Just... But... You, 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 you can kill them from the inside. No. no. First we attack his heart! No! In the wise words of a talking armchair. Oh, dear me. Goodbye, my sweets. Good day. Back to formula. Back to formula! Back to formula!